This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and with me is Archbishop Alexander Sample. Today we have an opportunity to reflect on an act of consecration and making Christ present in our world today and how that's lived out right here in Western Oregon. Great to have you back, Archbishop. This is a busy time as we prepare for Holy Week and and all that we have in store Yes, Welcome. it is indeed, but it's it's I always say it's it's a busy time for all of us, but I have to say it's a busier time for uh, our parish priests and yes. pastors than it is for the archbishop really. So my heart goes out, my prayers go out, and my love and support goes out to all of those priests and and their teams now that are are preparing for uh, the celebration of the Paschal mystery. Absolutely. Well, as we start, of course, let's begin all yes. things in prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Fathers, we continue to journey through these holy days of Lent, these days of grace which you give us each year. Help us to grow fervently and zealously each day in faith, hope, and love. We ask you to help us to be faithful to our Lenten observances so that we may be renewed in mind and heart and may approach the Paschal Mysteries with greater fervor and joy and gratitude for all that you have done for us in your mercy through your Son, Jesus. All of this we ask through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's begin by this gathering on Friday, the solemnity of the Annunciation of the Lord. You're at the monastery, Mount Angel Abbey and Seminary. We got to see you through live stream, so yeah. we were grateful for that opportunity. But I know people were present there at the Abbey Church for that time to join with Pope Francis and the whole world in right. making this particular act of consecration and you read the prayer it's a long it's act a long of consecration. prayer but it's really a very beautiful prayer yeah and i can see in the prayer itself uh as, as i was especially as i was praying it uh, actually actually praying it during the prayer of consecration i could just really see the the hand of pope francis all over this prayer i wouldn't be surprised if he wrote it himself in entirely but if he didn't actually write the prayer entirely himself, I think he certainly must have outlined it or p- put his his own touch on it. it it's, it's so clearly Pope Francis in so many ways. Mm-hmm. There's quite a bit about our sin. We strayed from the peace, from the path of peace, and there's this litany almost of the ways in which humanity has really fallen. We are a fallen humanity, yeah. aren't we? Uh, but then to come back to a reflection on our Blessed Mother and calling out for Our Lady, particularly the Immaculate Heart. Yeah, there's a, there's a recognition that that in 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 some ways the world uh, and and us individually, you know, we we can't 
sometimes we talk about social sin as if that's, you know, sin is by society. No, you know, all sin is rooted in individuals, uh, persons' sin. You know, so if we want to talk about the world's sin or societal sins, those are all rooted in, in individual people who have in, in some ways turned our backs on God. And, and uh, I think the world in, in many ways uh, has turned its back on God. And I think that's when we begin to reap the fruits of that and, and, and the darkness begins to, to take a, a greater center stage, if you will, in, in our world and our culture. And so I think the Holy Father, Pope Francis, in this beautiful consecratory prayer, really calls that out. And as you say, Dina Marie points out so many of the ways in which the world has turned away from God and, and turned inward to our own selfishness, our own, our own egoism, our own materialism, uh, consumerism, uh, and, and that it's time to turn back to God. And I think it's appropriate that, you know, Our Lady at Fatima, uh, when she asked for this consecration, uh, especially of, of Russia, uh, to her Immaculate Heart, the whole that 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 request of Our Lady was within all of the messages that she delivered there to the to the children, the shepherd children at Fatima, and it's a call to conversion. Our Lady's call at Fatima, at Lourdes, in in her apparitions so often, is is a call to a deeper conversion, a call to turn away from sin, a call to turn back to prayer, a call to turn back to God. So I think it it appropriate that as we in this dark time that we're in now with what's happening in the Ukraine, that uh, our, our Lady's call to conversion must be heard. And, and the Holy Father clearly, you know, put mm-hmm. that, that, that need for our individual and societal worldly conversion uh, right before us. Right. For you as our Archbishop and for the bishops of the world, what have you really seen as the bishop's response for the Holy Father to invite one to make the consecration, but for we to respond in leading the people in prayer? Yes, I, I, I have to say when, when our Holy Father made this decision to consecrate uh, Russia and the Ukraine uh, to the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady, I was, uh, my heart was just overjoyed. I know the request came to him from others, but he immediately, it seems, acceded to the request and agreed. And then when he invited the world's bishops to join him, this was just so powerful. Uh, And again, it's what Our Lady requested, you know, at Fatima. You know, to be clear, because, you know, there's always been this controversy around whether or not uh, Pope John Paul II adequately consecrated Russia uh, to uh, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, because in the consecrations that he did, uh, he didn't specifically call out uh, the, the country of Russia. But uh, Sister Lucia, the last survivor of the visionaries of Fatima, did say that you know Our Lady somehow revealed to her that yes, this this satisfied her request for the consecration. But there, I have to say, in spite of that, and I've always believed that, and I've never questioned it. Uh, there still is a certain excitement about now uh, Pope Francis actually, you know, calling out Russia by name uh, in in this consecration uh, that, I don't know, maybe for me anyway, personally, just gave it a little bit more um, uh, power and importance, I, I, I think. So to join with him I, I, I and with the bishops around the world, you know, and, and this is a, my sense was, this is a consecration and an invitation on the part of the world's bishops 
to participate that crossed across all ideological lines in the church these days. It, it somehow brought us together uh, in, a, in a strange way that, that all bishops from all throughout the world of all stripes and, quite honestly, sometimes the theological positions came together uh, to do this together with our Holy Father and to be able to do it, you know, we tried to time it as best we could to, to do it as close to the time that the Holy Father himself was doing this in Rome. Uh, it was very powerful. I have to say, I was very moved. And I said this sort of at the beginning uh, of, of my homily uh, at that Mass of the Annunciation at, at Mount Angel Abbey in the, in the Abbey Church. I, I was Actually, I was making my holy hour uh, right uh, prior to, to going upstairs for the Mass. I was praying in the, in, the, in the St. Joseph Chapel, which is below the Abbey Church and is where the seminary community uses for prayer and, and, and Mass. And I was just I was making my holy hour in there, and I just I just felt a great closeness to Our Lady for some reason. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say for some reason. The reason was obvious. It was her solemnity, her feast day. We're going to consecrate uh, this. It make this beautiful consecratory prayer to her. And but I, I just felt a special closeness to her. And when I came up and began getting ready for Mass, and I was led out into the sanctuary to explain where I would be leading the prayer consecration from, and I was looking at the icon of Our Lady that was there. I just was filled with with this, this a supernatural presence. Uh, there's no other way to say it. And, and by the time Mass started and the procession was, was in, 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 in force, and processing up to the altar and, and, and reverencing the altar and incensing the altar and incensing the icon of Our Lady, and then when I got to, by the time I got to the chair to begin Mass, my heart was really full uh, with, I would even dare say, some emotion. And, I, and what, I, what I'm trying to communicate by all of that is I'm not one of these people that you know generally ex- has strong kind of emotional, spiritual experiences that are kind of palpable, if you will. But I had a very strong sense of Our Lady's presence with us there uh, that, that moved my heart, actually, and, and, and uh, it made me feel a little bit emotional, uh, quite honestly, uh, with, with her presence there. So, yeah, it was, it was just a beautiful, and to gather there with uh, the, uh, the abbot, Abbot Jeremy, there at the abbey, and with the monks, uh, the monastic community, with the seminary community. We, we even had some priests from the Archdiocese of Portland that were there at that time on retreat that week with Abbot Jeremy and with some other members of the faithful who had gathered mostly from the local area. I don't know. There was just something mm. very beautiful and special about that day that, that I, will, I will not soon forget. Yeah. And I think so many of the Catholic community around the globe have, were watching, were participating, but now we're called okay, now after this prayer, we're called to make a change in our lives. Mm -hmm. We're called to respond. It's not something magic. I think Pope Francis said, you know, this consecration prayer isn't like, oh, everything's going to change. No. But it should change our hearts to be more of a people of peace. And that's that's exactly, you know, the point. Uh, I mean, yes, prayer, we believe in prayer, and we believe in the one who holds the highest degree of intercessory uh, power, if you will, and that's the, the Virgin Mother of, of, the, of the child Jesus, or Holy Mother Mary. She is, the, she is the queen of all the saints. She is the most powerful intercessor for us among the saints. Uh, so there, there's a great power in, in asking for her intercession in this way. But you're right. Uh, uh, the conversion needs to happen in our hearts. Listen, the, the, the world is not going to change until people change. Uh, and that's, that's a simple fact. 
a lot of people, again, going back to what I said earlier, a lot of people are, are all very quick to call out, if you will, what they call social sin, the, the sins of society, the injustices of society, the racism in society, you, you name it. Whatever the, the social sin is that's being called out, those, society isn't capable of sinning. Society can't sin. Society is not a, a, a person with, a, with an intelligence and a free will any more than, you know, the whole universe. You know, and I, I said this in a recent uh, video that I did on, on uh, the human person in, in the face of all the universe. The whole universe taken together, all the stars, all the galaxies, all the planets, all of the heavens uh, in the created order, none of that can, can sin. Only individuals can sin. And so when we look at, at this, the sin in the world, if you will, when we look at the ills of society and the injustices of society, those are rooted in personal sinfulness. And that's where change needs to happen. The change needs to happen in the hearts of individuals. Not to say that we shouldn't work together mm-hmm. to overcome you know, injustices that are, that are evident in society. But our, even our desire to do that comes from an inner conversion that begins in individual people. So yes, the consecratory prayer in its very nature, in the very wording of the prayer, really does challenge us to be about a personal conversion. And if we would all heed that call to conversion, uh, which comes from the gospel, which comes from, from Jesus himself, his first words, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent mm-hmm. <laughs> and believe in the good news. And so the message, for instance, of Fatima, where Our Lady asked for this consecration, her message of, of a call to conversion is no different from her son's call uh, to us for conversion. And so we have to be about that individually. We have to individually make that decision in our weakness, in our sinfulness, uh, but with God's grace and help to, to turn back to him. Right. And this solemnity fell uh, at the same time where you were actually doing visits at Mine Angel with right. our seminarians prior to that at St. Patrick's Seminary. Just give us a sense of talking and walking with these men who are forming uh, their hearts for yeah, Christ. Yeah, that was part of the joy of, of this uh, particular, because, you know, as soon as the Holy Father announced the uh, consecration and, and that would happen on the feast of the uh, of the Annunciation. Of course, I immediately looked at my calendar to see, oh, you know, I want to be able to jo- I want to be able to join with the Holy Father in this. What am I doing that day? <laughs> well, as it turned out, I was already planned for a pastoral visit to Mount Angel Seminary to visit our seminarians there. And I, I'm getting back to this practice, which I had had in, in place before COVID. <laughs> How often do we say that? Well, before COVID. Um, <clears throat> but to get back to this practice of visiting our, our seminaries and visiting one-on-one with our seminarians. Did this you know, recently, as we talked about, when I, when I went to Rome and visited our men there. Uh, I went to visit our seminarians at St. Patrick's Seminary in Menlo Park. And now just completed this visit uh, at, at Mount Angel with the men there during the same time as this, this consecration. And just a wonderful time to gather with the men and to give them that individual one-on-one, I don't want to say attention, but uh, consideration uh, that, that my goal and objective in doing this is to really get to know these men, to really get to know them, to know their mind and their heart. And quite honestly, for them to get to know my mind and heart mm-hmm. um, as well, to build that, that bond of, 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 uh, of love between us as a spiritual father uh, to his spiritual sons and uh, you know, to really help form them. I, I consider it a part of their, their formation 
to have these opportunities to be one-on-one with the Archbishop. We do group things together, but then I take the time, you know, to spend an hour, about an hour with each of these men, just checking in with them uh, to see how they're doing, uh, to see what God is doing in their life. And we get very personal. um, And I guess because more recently, maybe I've been more open about my own journey and my own struggles spiritually and, and, and the healing journey, if you will, that I've been on in the last few years. I think it's open doors uh, where the men feel much more open and free to share with me, you know, their own journey. It, it makes for wonderful conversations and just a real bonding. Because if I'm going to ordain these men one day uh, in service of God's people, I want to know who I'm ordaining. Uh, I want to be able to say, as I impose hands on a man's head and, and, and pray that consecration of ordination over them, I want to know this man. feel like I really, really know who, who I'm ordaining and who I'm giving uh, to this local church in service. So to me, it's, it's time well spent. And to connect it so beautifully with this consecration prayer and on, on the solemnity of, of the Annunciation was just... It, I, I, I said to... Uh, uh, Abbot Jeremy, uh, after the mass, God arranged all this. <laughs> no, for, for me personally, yeah. God just arranged all of this to do this on such a glorious feast day of Our Lady for me to be there, for this all ready to be scheduled for me to be at that mass. And it fit perfectly to be able to do the consecration at the end of mass, which would be very close to the time Pope Francis was going to do the consecration to be gathered with with all of those monks and with the seminarians, include mine and others from other dioceses, and then to have some of my priests there on retreat uh, on this feast day and, and feeling the presence of Our Lady so strongly, I'm I'm just I'm just convinced <laughs> our, our Lady arranged <laughs> yes. all of it, uh, uh, and I, I love her dearly for constantly doing this in my life. She constantly surprises me uh, to the point where. I won't go into detail, but one of those moments happened with me the other day in, in my morning holy hour in my private chapel, where it was so clear to me that Our Lady had just powerfully intervened in the moment. And I literally, all by myself in my chapel before the Blessed Sacrament, I just burst out laughing uh, because I thought, this is amazing, Mother how you just keep doing this. And it was so obvious that she was speaking to me, not in words, but in circumstance there in the moment in the chapel. I thought, thank you, thank you. Yeah. I just <laughs> I just started laughing. I said, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. She, she loves us and walks with us. So true. When you're talking with these men, Archbishop, our seminarians, those, some who are just starting the journey, some who have been studying for year, a couple right. of years now, uh, you've mentioned so many times how important it is to have a relationship with our Blessed Mother. What are you seeing from these men informing that love and particular devotion to Our Lady as they continue their formation process? Yes, I, I think that, um, of course, my emphasis with them is always first and foremost on their relationship with our Lord, especially with our Savior Jesus Christ, the Son of God made flesh, in whose person one day they may minister as priests. But that is is not to, to uh, exclude the importance of a devotion to Our Lady. And there's so many, you know, and there was a period of time when devotion to Our Lady was sort of pushed to the side uh, as not as important. I think some of it was in a um, maybe an enthusiasm around ecumenism, not to, not to, or to play down maybe a little bit the role of Our Lady. But, you know, I can tell you, you know, when I was in, in, in the seminary, and that was just, you know, 36 years ago, I guess, that I started 
in the seminary, you know, devotion to Our Lady was not really strongly encouraged. We never prayed the rosary together in, in, in common. Um, I, you know, you didn't see a lot of rosaries. Uh, and uh, the, the course, the one course we had in the seminary on, on Marian theology, Mariology, was an optional course. Uh, just taken by you know a few interested students, so it was it was kind of sad. But <clears throat> what's important to realize is devotion to our Blessed Mother doesn't take anything away. Far from it. it, it enhances our devotion to Jesus, her Son, to the Father, to to the Holy Spirit. Our Lady is not is not a goddess. Our Lady is, is a woman, the greatest of all the saints, who is the perfect disciple, who is the one who responded most perfectly uh, to the will of God in her life and to the call of the Lord in her life through the Annunciation uh, that, that we celebrated when the angel Gabriel proposed to her that she would become the mother of, of the Most High God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. She always leads us to her son. All our devotion to Our Lady is directed toward uh, being more devoted to her son. You know, St. John Paul II understood this profoundly. You know, and here is is St. John Paul II, one of the greatest minds, I, I wouldn't even say theological minds, one of the greatest minds of the last century, man of deep theological insight, and philosophical insight, a, 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 just a brilliant mind, a brilliant man, but also had this profound, deep devotion to Our Lady, kind of almost like a childlike devotion to her. His whole Episcopal motto, totos tus, totally yours, Mary, is taken from uh, the, uh, the great work of uh, St. Louis-Marie de Montfort, uh, the true devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. He was told, he did that consecration, and he admitted that at first he didn't quite understand it, but when he, he read it and when he delved into it and he understood it more deeply, he realized, oh, this is a pathway to closer union with Christ. By uniting myself and consecrating myself to his Immaculate Mother, I am drawn ever more deeply into life in Christ and to be his instrument. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think... I emphasize with these young men who are studying for the priesthood this Marian dimension. You know, the, actually, I, I put it this strongly because it's even in the Code of Canon Law. I mean, of all places, it's in the Code of Canon Law in des- describing the, the, the duties and obligations and the rights of priests. It, it, it singles out their spiritual life and it singles out devotion to our Blessed Mother as an essential part of their spirituality. So the church is not... Is, is, is saying that really Marian devotion is not an option for a priest. It shouldn't be an option for any Christian. But speaking specifically of priests and those who would be priests, a Marian devotion, a place for Mary in our lives, is not optional. It's, it's part and parcel of being uh, a, a, a priest, is to be devoted uh, to, to the mother of Jesus. Remember, from the cross... Jesus entrusts his mother to us, to all of us. But to whom does he make that entrustment? St. John, the apostle, the beloved disciple at the foot of the cross, who, by the way, is one of the first priests. 
St. John was there at the Last Supper when Jesus instituted the priesthood in the Eucharist. So John's a priest standing at the foot of the cross with Mary. John stands there as a relatively recently ordained priest. And it is there from the cross that Jesus says to him, Behold your mother, and to to his mother, Behold your son. And from that moment, he took her into his care, into his home. This is what a priest must do. We must see that from the cross, yes, Jesus gave his mother to all of us, but to us priests in particular, he gives his mother to us. Jesus, from the cross, gives his mother to us for us to take her into our home, into our heart. Uh, and so I really encourage them in to do that. I must say that you know some of them perhaps struggle a little bit more with a, a Marian uh, devotion in their life. It's some for some of them it's it's relatively new. Maybe they haven't been exposed to it uh, uh, in, in earlier life. Some of these men are converts actually mm-hmm. from from uh, other Christian uh, ecclesial communities. So they they don't have a, they didn't grow up with a devotion to Our Lady. So it's 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 a little bit of an introduction to them. And I always love. Uh, I think it was uh, Fulton Sheen. I, I may be wrong about that, but I think uh, he used to say, you know, if you struggle with Marian devotion, if you struggle with that, ask Jesus to introduce you to his mother. And he will. And he will. That is so true. Well, we want to continue to pray for those seminarians. They have more work to do, but if the Lord is calling them and they say yes, then we're grateful for their service to the people of God. As we close, would you help us close with your blessing? And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day through all these remaining days of Lent and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you for joining us on this edition of The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.